You're listening to the Jay's Journal Podcast. This is our special radio edition where I'll be taking your calls all night after the Blue Jays lose the Chicago White Sox 11-4 to at home against a team that, quite frankly, they should find a way to have better success with. And what I am, of course, am referring to is the now 22-9 and record that the Blue have against the Blue Jays in the last 31 games. And that's uh, it's a really dubious statistic because we all know how fierce American League East competition can be and how the Blue Jays have to do their pickup games against weaker AL Central and AL West teams. This year, something tells me it's going to be a grind right up until game 162. Now, the good news is I don't have to deal with this terrible, terrible experience on my own. In a few short minutes, I'll have the site expert at jaysjournal.com, Mr. Chris Henderson, joining us. Chris is going to join me in fielding a lot of your calls. I'm sure we'll revolve around what we witnessed this evening. In particular, a really difficult start for Joe Biagini. Struggled enormously and um, really left a lot of fans crestfallen considering how well he had been pitching at home, just over a ERA. And of course, the irony is that uh, Jose Quintana shows up struggling in his last five or six outings and promptly proceeds to look like Cy Young in keeping the Blue Jays off balance and generally looking quite flummoxed at the plate. Some home runs that were hit, really superfluous ones, and I guess the only positive that we can say about this whole experience on this evening is that Justin Smoke will likely hit 40 home runs at this, at this rate this year. Justin Smoke is hitting like a man possessed, and uh, outside of that, there were so many moments of frustration for fans that I'm sure a lot of you will have questions and have a lot of, uh, and have a need to vent, you could say. Now, um, as we get ready for having you call in, and the call-in number this evening for those who'd like to join us live and uh, tell us where they're calling from and pose any questions or concerns they may have, you can call in at area code 646-787-8521. That's 646-787-8521. And uh, I will be on the air for at least a couple of hours taking your call. So don't hesitate to call in. And let us know how you feel about the Blue Jays, not just tonight, but in general, how you feel about this team and, and your perception on the season. Now, if you're really craving a lot of Blue Jays information and news and analysis, might I recommend that you take the time this evening and check out jaysjournal.com, where we have some really interesting articles trending that have just been published. In particular, I'd recommend checking out Chris Henderson's uh, article on Bo Bichette, and why he considers him to be the top in our minor league system, as well as a recap of a lot of the details on how our minor league teams are doing. And I think you'll be really surprised on this one because considering how empty the cupboards to feel and, and look over the last little while, every time I seem to dip into the box scores and see how certain players are doing, be it Vladdy Guerrero Jr., Rowdy Telez, the aforementioned Bo Bichette, Anthony Alford, and how our friend Dalton Pompey is doing coming back from his recovery. I think for the most part, Blue Jays fans have a great reason to feel inspired about some of the great things that are unfolding down on the farm. Uh, Brian Greenzang, another one of our writers, has put out a 10 must-have gifts for dad on the website that I think many of you will be flocking to in a desperate effort to do your last-minute shopping for your dad. Don't forget your father's out there, and uh, certainly 
make sure you buy them something cool if you're going to go to the baseball realm, get something strategically sensible that they'll enjoy, not something they'll just put in the corner and forget about until the next Father's Day. And you'll definitely want to check out Clayton Richet's article on our Blue Jays Morning Brew. The other side expert at Jays Journal, Clayton, takes a closer look at Aaron Sanchez, Steve Pierce, Jose Bautista, looks at some of the injury situations and some of the disturbing trends, in particular with Mr. Jose Bautista, whom hit into multiple double plays tonight and generally looked quite clueless at the plate. And I'm not going to go into a rant on Jose Bautista. I'll save that for some calls. But the fact remains that he is struggling mightily in June. And considering how he used May for everyone to ultimately forget April, I can't help but feel that we're doing some kind of, I don't know, cyclical balance in the cosmos, in the baseball cosmos, when it comes to him coming down to earth. Because nobody expected him to continue hitting 380. But uh, right now, we're not even seeing him hit his weight. And uh, there is no actual game plan at the plate. He looks completely out of his league. Craig Borden, another one of our fantastic writers who was on our last show, um, takes a look at some of the pitching in the minor leagues, in particular what's happening with the Bisons and how to better understand who would be next in line from a depth perspective, especially in lieu of how mightily Joe Biagini struggled tonight and how we're not yet quite there for the entire original five-man roster to be back into the fold. Uh, finally, Chris Henderson takes another look at Neftali Feliz and whether the Blue Jays should actually take a deeper look at getting some bullpen support, especially since the bullpen was touched up tonight. And for the last few weeks, aside from the what we call old reliables and the usual suspects like uh, Danny Barnes and Ryan Tapera and the now incredibly rock-solid Roberto Asuna, there isn't very much there to actually depend on as a fan. So we need to see what needs to be done to shore up the bullpen. So be sure to check out jaysjournal.com. As always, I will have interviews and and great analyses from some of our writers and contributors so that we can help you, the fan, have a better perspective on some things that you might be curious about. So always keep that in mind and be sure to check us out. Now, I'm glad to have joining me the site expert at Jay's Journal, Chris Henderson, who's going to talk to us a little bit about his impressions of this evening's game and the Blue Jays in general before we start taking some of your calls. Now let's bring out the site expert for Jay's Journal, Mr. Chris Henderson, who's made himself available, although I feel a great sense of guilt. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's always a lot more fun to talk about good things, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> boy, oh boy, yeah, that wasn't uh, that wasn't the way we wanted to start that series. Um, is this one that we can kind of write off yet again and say, okay, they're now 0-7 in their efforts to get to 500, we'll get it next time? Well, for me, I think when I was, you know, I was talking a little bit on Twitter earlier on to a couple of people, and... You know, we've had so much incredible luck with Joe Biagini uh, since he's come to the Blue Jays. And the fact that they slotted him into the rotation, you know, without getting a chance to go down to the farm and get innings built up. I know he kind of did that throughout the season and had shorter starts and built it up. But, I mean, the guy was due for a stinker. And uh, as much as it sucks when it happens, it's, uh, I mean, he's had seven pretty solid starts. So seven out of eight ain't bad for a guy who's never had big league experience. So for you know, I'm willing to give Biagini a pass. The the club uh, there's just some, there's just some other things that went on. Uh, you know, it's just uh, they should be. It feels like as soon as they get close to that 500 mark, all of a sudden for some reason things just fall apart, and I don't get it. Uh, I, I think that many fans agree with you. We we just don't get it. But um, should should people be a little bit more dismayed witnessing? some of the 
defensive miscues and, and quite frankly, brain farts that unfolded tonight. I mean, there must have been at least half a dozen plays where you looked at what was happening on the field and wondered whether some of these players understand that they're major league caliber players. I'm talking, of course, about the way certain outfielders went after certain balls or certain bases they may have thrown to incorrectly, fundamentals or not covering or maybe choosing to come home when down by seven and getting thrown at the plate. How did you generally regard the way they acquitted themselves, notwithstanding the Biagin challenge tonight? Yeah, and, you know, that's the kind of thing that's been going on way too much this season. And uh, there's another thing I just don't understand, especially when you've got a veteran club like what the Blue Jays do. When it comes down to fundamentals, like just, you know, basic plays, and it's not just tonight. I mean, we've seen so many brain, like I like the term you use, brain fart. We've seen that so many times from guys like Ezekiel Carrera. And, you know, again, and Pierce had similar stuff. Left field seems to be the brain fart alley. I don't know. But uh, it's not just there. And, and this is something that shouldn't even even have to be coached. I mean, like I said, this is a veteran club. And uh, those things are just inexcusable. It's funny. I'm thinking we should work with uh, developing the hashtag brain fart alley movement on Twitter. Um, you like that, yeah. And, and quite frankly, I could have thought of a, a infinitely more indelicate term to use. The reason I've chosen that is because I've heard it pretty much since April. I've heard that from, yeah. from, from the general media, the mainstream media. I've heard it from the telecasts and the broadcasts. And I'm wondering, here we are in the middle of June, and we're, st- we're still talking about a lack of fundamentals. We're still talking about a team that sometimes gives you the impression they're all for one and one for all. And sometimes you get the impression they're just a bunch of lone wolves who pretty much are doing their own thing. And I wonder, is that something that we have to say to ourselves as fans of the team? Look, it's still the same nucleus. It's still the same chemistry in that clubhouse. We shouldn't really look into this as being an issue or should we be saying the opposite? Should we be looking at this and saying, how are these kinds of mistakes happening and how are we dropping the types of ball games that usually we should be winning. Well, and, you know, going back to the whole veteran club thing, I, I, if I was to put my hat, uh, my manager hat on and pretend I was John Gibbons for a minute, you know, if, you, if you're running uh, even just a practice for the guys, do you really want to be spending time on fundamentals at the major league level, especially when we've got one of the oldest clubs in the, in the big leagues? I mean, it's just, uh, it's something that's, I guess you do have to address it, but if I were Gibby, I'd probably be going in and just screaming at them and go, guys, like, wake up. This is, these kinds of silly miscues are just costing us dearly. In games that, you know, people, it's, it is June, but, um, I mean, every time that we fail to get to 500, there's another couple of games that go by. And uh, the, the opportunity's been there to close the gap. They were one game away from a wild card, the second wild card position. And, uh, you know, here we again, uh, you have an opportunity to play against a team like the White Sox and um, and just to, you know, a loss is one thing, but to put on a performance like that is just, it's, uh, I would be very upset if I was John Gibbons this evening. I'm thinking a segment now called Groundhog Day with Chris Henderson, where we <laughs> take a careful, where we take a careful look at something that we've talked about probably 15 times in the last three months. Um, mm-hmm. I'm speaking with, of course, Chris Henderson from jaysjournal.com. He is the site expert and has some fantastic articles that are out. Before I let you go, Chris, what would you like to talk about with regards to what you have available for our followers and listeners to take a look at on our, on our website? Oh, boy. Well, I'm just thinking back uh, to – I was just trying to remember what I wrote uh, yesterday. But actually, I took a quick look at Bo Bichette. Um, that was an article that was posted today, and uh, or the, or 
posted on Friday here. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to be taking a little bit closer look at Steve Pearson and, and what uh, kind of defensive capabilities he has and whether or not it's feasible to expect improvement on defense in left field and or second base from him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Bichette article is exciting. The kid went 7 for 8 last night, raised his batting average to 400. He's just been incredible, and he's only 19 years old. So some very exciting stuff going on in the minor leagues with the Blue Jays system, even if uh, we're having some brain fart alley moments like we did tonight. Absolutely. And as I've been tweeting relentlessly, if you're in a bad mood after this evening, just go on YouTube and check out some Vladdy Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, and Rowdy Tellez videos. There is no shortage of some fantastic fan-made material to specifically mm-hmm. provide some form of uh, therapy or, or catharsis for the fan that looks at what's on the field and what's happening right now and thinking, I'm not feeling so great. Take heed. Help is on the way is what you're saying. It's just going to take a Yeah, absolutely. Time. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and we do really have some, some great pieces on the, in the minor league system right now. And uh, what you just said, though, some of the most exciting pieces are quite a ways away, but uh, when you've got guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. that you mentioned, Bo Bichette, uh, Bradley Jones. Um, there's there's some uh, there's some really exciting players coming down the line. Well, as I mentioned earlier, one of the great parts about being able to discuss this live with our with our listeners and have them call in and talk about it is the fact that we can then have roundtables. So we can have you over the weekend join a roundtable and we'll talk about Troy Tulowitzki, Devin Travis, Aaron Sanchez, and a host of other Blue Jays topics. I look forward to it, my friend. Very good. Thanks for your time this evening. Take care. As always, my pleasure. Chris Henderson from jaysjournal.com. We've got Dan on the line from L.A. Dan, thanks for calling the Jays Journal radio podcast. What's on your mind this evening? What's on my mind this evening? The beautiful hills of Silver Lake. Uh, Man, it's not even baseball season yet. I can't even keep up with you. Talk to me in August about that. In the meantime, we're just getting over basketball. I can't even I can't even begin to think about all that stuff. And American League, forget it, man. Your pitchers don't even hit the ball. Give me a break. It's like a lesser game than the National League every time out. So, uh, so me, there's a good reason why. Let me What's digest that? what you're saying, Dan. So, so what you're saying to people who are listening tonight is that we really shouldn't be taking June baseball very seriously. Yes, that is that is the place to start for sure. Anyone that's paid attention to anything for the last, I mean, you know, it's like a hundred plus years old. Nothing. To well, and, and now I'm much. curious. Let, let's for a minute assume that we can not put too much stock into what's happening. I'm curious about your other comment though. What, what's your favorite team? You're obviously a, a, an admirer of an NL team, a National League team, right? I'm a fan of the New York Mets, and there's no question that. National League Baseball, it's the small ball. It's the thinking man's ball. It's not all this glam of home runs and, and pitchers that get to lollygag and, you know, work once every every four days and only play half the game. So it's it's a more grinding game and uh, just maybe represents the, the people of the Northeast a little bit better, I would say. Uh, you know, the best teams in the Northeast historically have always been in the National League. Now that being said, can we at least acknowledge? Can't we acknowledge that the reason the game has, for the sake of a better term, improved or brought back fans is because of the entertainment value from home runs and the opportunity to see professional hitters rather than seeing a pitcher who's hitting 120. Well, I mean, look, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were in the National League when they set the that is true. the home run record. Barry Bonds was in the National League, so uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably. 
that's probably correct, I would say. And, of course, there's also the added satisfaction of watching a pitcher do something that a professional hitter would do, which I'm sure is always huge for morale and makes the fans jump out of their seats. I'm sure you get excited whenever uh, someone like a Syndergaard or a uh, Matt Harvey hits one over the wall. Well, Syndergaard usually hits two. That's (laughs) usually the answer from Thor swinging that mighty hammer, and you knew that that conversation was heading in that direction for sure. It was only a matter of time. That is absolutely correct. That's now, right. Speaking of, so, yeah, speaking you know. of Thor, let, let, let's do a quick, uh, let, let's take a different path down this road. What are your thoughts about right. what's happened with Thor this year? Give me your perspective as a well, New York Mets fan. Look, he's young. He's just thrown a little bit too much. I think it was a bad communication between him and the management and uh, pushing him a little bit too hard. So, yeah, you know, sorry, I'm a little bit out of breath from hiking up some some stairs. But, yeah, no, you know, it's a little bit... Uh, Need some time off, and that's why I say June doesn't matter. You know, it's a little bit too soon. You can't be out of contention. You can't be out of place come late August, but this is not really uh, prime time. So he needs to get healthy, and that takes time. And, uh, you know, they just they just pitch him too many innings too fast. It happens. So in order to not have things get any worse, got to take some time off. That's it. We're speaking with Dan from L.A. What about people who would argue that this isn't the first time that the New York Mets have had an issue with a pitcher who's, let's say, had a miscommunication, if you know what I'm alluding to? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously within recent memory, you know, we had a – apparently we had a strict innings uh, count with Harvey the last couple of years and, uh, you know, tried to, to stay true to that, but wasn't always uh, – didn't always happen, you know. And, yeah, it, it's, definitely, uh, it's definitely of concern. We had those four great aces in the World Series two years ago. And then, uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a rough go. So I have to watch and protect those young arms. And maybe it's a case of just trying to get too much too soon out of them while they have the, the club together, which that certainly didn't work out. But, you know, you've got to remain optimistic. We're going to win every year. Dan, thanks for calling into the broadcast tonight. All right. Thanks for having me, Ari. Talk to you soon. Go back. No, I'm sure for some of you it didn't help that former Blue Jays outfielder Melky Cabrera had himself a game. Cabrera tonight was uh, two for four with three runs scored and five RBIs. So there's a lot of wound this evening. Um, and that's why it's important for the team to bounce back tomorrow and on, and on Sunday to take the series. Because, again, you freighter away these kind of games, they always come back to haunt. There's no question about it. I've seen it too many years following the game, and I'm sure many of you have as well who are close to this team. Next on the line, you guys aren't going to believe this, he is Habs fan from Habs fan versus Lee's fan, a very popular podcast that some of my listeners appreciate. Kamal from Brampton is on the line. Kamal, how are you tonight? I'm good, Ari. How are you? Well, I'm asking myself, why would you be calling on this podcast? And I'm really <laughs> curious to know. Well, I was just, uh, you know, enjoying um, going back into the archives of uh, some of your great, great baseball prognoses mm-hmm. and uh you declared after one start declared uh joe biagini a le- legitimate major league baseball starting pitcher well i'm pretty sure and, you uh, phrase it that way but i, I will concede uh, no, that well, you, you said he was the real deal i believe you said he was the real deal this was a, this was a reliever a failed starter and then you see him, he, he pitched, I think, maybe five innings, got four Ks, something like that. And you're like, wow, I'm, I'm ready to go on and broadcast that he's the best. 
Now, let me ask you this question. Yeah. We're on the line with Kamal from Brampton. Why do you think that's the case? Is that a Toronto syndrome? Like, what are, what's your opinion? Do you think that's just what Toronto fans do when it comes to this market with the certain, you know, sports or in particular with baseball? They embrace heroes quickly uh, before. And, and, and is there any rhyme or reason to it? Because something tells me that you don't hold that standard to other teams across baseball necessarily, other fan bases. Possibly because of the the drought, the winning drought, and yeah. uh, pinning their hopes on someone uh, who shows any sort of success. So all things considered, Kamal, you saw the game this evening. You have an opinion about the team and a strong one. What would you tell the average fan watching tonight after what they witnessed about how they should feel about their team's chances of getting to the postseason? Well, I believe it was at the game 62 mark. They were 30 and 32, mm-hmm. exactly 100 left. And now they're, I think it's been a couple games since then, no? What's their record now? Now they're two games under 500 at 32 and 34. 32 and 34. So at 30 and 32, they needed to go 60 and 40, essentially 600 baseball to win 90 games, which a lot of people think is the magic number to make the playoffs. They're spinning their wheels right now. I think now, that, obviously, now they have to play at a slightly higher than 600 clip. And the only mm. team that played above 600 last year was the Chicago Cubs, World Series champions. Now, that being said, I believe the stat yesterday was uh, in the last, what was it, 41 games or something like that, the Jays were 24 and... No, it was even better than that. It was like 26 and 15, something mm-hmm. like that. So I, I think it's possible, but they got to stop spinning their wheels. He is Kamal from Brampton, but you know him better as Habs fan from Habs fan versus Leafs fan podcast. Thanks for calling, Kamal. Goodbye. Next on the line, we've got Paul from Vaughn. Go ahead, Paul. Thanks for taking my call, Ari. My pleasure. How are you tonight? I'm okay. Forgive me for not uh, talking about tonight's game. Let's just uh, forget about this. <laughs> well, but, everyone uh, else has, and I, I'm, I'm thrilled <laughs> to get to take a call from someone who might want to switch gears. I'm, I'm welcome to that. What do you want to talk about? Well, I started following you on Twitter several months ago, and I, I have to mention I was absolutely blown away with your interview with Todd Steinmeier. Like, he devolved oh. everything. But... I appreciate that. Thank I, you so much. Uh, he is going to be, by the way, Coming up towards the end of this month, I'm going to announce the official date. It's going to be very soon, but he will be a guest of mine one evening, and we're going to open the lines like uh, we have with, with callers like yourself to be able to call in and ask him questions. So by all means, oh God, call, awesome. keep, keep track of my Twitter, and I'll let you know when that is, and uh, hopefully we can have you on the show and ask him a question. And he's one of the most amazing athletes that I've had a chance to interview who uh, post-baseball career um, has found a certain tranquility in his life and a success that I think other people need to learn about. Really amazing man. Can you get me anyways, my, you were saying, uh, his baseball card signed for my son? Oh, wow. <laughs> that would be awesome. It's asking a lot, but you know what? You know what, Paul? I'm going to try to actually do that. I'm going to try to see. I think it'd be, it'd be a great PR, wouldn't you agree? So. Uh, I, I, I was blown away from that interview. I, I even told some of my friends it was like a Bobber Walters special. He was saying everything. I was like, and I was blown away. I listened to it a couple times because it was just, uh, it, was, it was fantastic. So, listen, I have a couple questions I just want to get your opinion on. Go ahead. 
Tapera, is, is he a closer on most teams? Like, he's got some magical stuff. And I'm wondering, you know, he's he, he's something special. Is he a closer somewhere else? You know, I, I think that's a great question because um, if he'd been one of these relievers that comes out of the pen and has success against, say, right-handers only or left-handers only, then then I might say that he is what he is, which is option simply in the pen that, you know, does his high leverage seventh or eighth inning. But he's been equally effective this year. And his numbers have shown me that he probably is. I mean, I'm going to assume that you're asking me that question because you believe that the Jays have, uh, at least in that area, some serious depth by having Ryan Tapera come in late innings. I, I did, the last time, the last few times I've seen him pitch, I'm looking at some of his magic, and I'm just like, if he's like on Los Angeles, there's a few teams that have started rhyming off going, I think he might be a closer. We have Osuna, I know, with trade bait maybe. Is he... So I've just seen some magical see you can, stuff. See if you can maybe dangle Ryan Tapera for some trade value. But but again, I have to ask this question. If you if you trade somebody like a Tapera, and you're already pretty thin on, in, in the minor league system for any impact relievers, are you worried that we might be weakening ourselves a little bit? Or are you thinking that's the only way we're going to be able to rebuild this team if it continues to struggle? No, that's a good point. I just I, I think just when I watch them pitch, I'm like, there's so many teams that be like, can this guy close us out? I yeah. Okay, yeah. So that. My other question was, is that, that <laughs> might be a tough one to answer, but um, how would you grade Alex Anthopoulos as tender here with the Jays as a GM? I'm looking over now uh, a whole bunch of people saying, Donaldson, maybe we can't sign him. Maybe we can get a lot back for him. They're getting older. Um, whose fault is that? And you know, now, uh, if you start to read more information about the Yankees, oh, they're starting to fall. They don't have any depth. And uh, I, I remember reading some stuff on your Twitter account about um, how the demise of our pitching staff, and, and a lot of it was, you know, bringing Donaldson, the trade with the Detroit Tigers, who losing, um, I forget his uh, the, the pitcher's name there. I do remember him hitting a home run for the Tigers, but uh, you're, North, yeah, you're, you're, you're talking about the, the Jeff Hoffmans and the Daniel Norrises and the Noah Syndergaards and all, and all those resources yeah. that I've that I've mentioned in the past. That's a great question, Paul. And, and let's be clear: How would you I have been I, I've been highly critical of Alex Anthopoulos for a very long time, but the one thing that prevents me from giving him a failing grade, because normally I would. But lately, I've been thinking about the success the team has had, and I realized that had he not made those moves, he would have potentially doomed the fans of Toronto to maybe 27 or 28 more years of drought and not having any postseason action. I think now we look back and realize that that was a huge sacrifice because this team would have been so substantially further ahead had they had these pitching resources in conjunction with the way they've been drafting for the last five or six years. I think Anthopolis deserves uh, a C. I would give him a C. I would say he tried his best to turn this franchise into a winner and created a small window for them, but at the expense of any sustainable long-term future, as cynical as that sounds, because it's going to take a long time for them to to deal with the challenge of these aging regressive stars and this incredibly now steep, bloated 160 million payroll, which gets you two games under 500 by the third month of the regular season. He basically bought two years of, quote, winning baseball in exchange for what could have been a decade of eventual Toronto Maple Leafs-like dominance of young pitchers all growing up together, 
spearheaded by the Sanchez Syndergaard 1A1B proposition. And unfortunately, that's that's not going to happen. Yeah, you know, I, mean, yeah, I like your assessment. No, I like your assessment. No, thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate it.